from a hidden web of top secret, highly secure locations across South Texas. This is the Spurs Insider, one of the most coveted podcasts on the buyout market. As usual, I'm your host, Mike Finger, here with sports editor of the Express News, Nicholas Talbot, beat writer Thomas Ringo Orsborne, and the polarizing man with the polar pop, Jeffrey McDonald. We, we are recording this episode 101, the week after the trade deadline in which the Spurs did not make any moves of significance, as we all expected. LaMarcus Aldridge, no longer a Spur, now a Brooklyn Net. The Spurs have added Gorgie Jang for their playoff push. And the Spurs are now slumping. The local cages, cagers have lost several games, five of the last six, I believe. Um, what? How do you add all this up and come up with uh, the state of the local cagers, Jeffrey McDonald? It's the it's the curse of Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, that's what I think. Explain. Uh, you know, every time this is like the curse of the Bambino. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Ever since they've decided uh, he's, he, they don't want him around anymore, um, they haven't been good. But I think that's probably a coincidence. It's it's. You remember our uh, Alamo, um, uh, our Alamo uh, uh, analogy we made last week. It's like the uh, they've breached the walls. Like this is not going well for the local cagers. That the, the Alamo analogy. Uh, I, I wanted to to have a callback to that because. We got some response to that on the on the interwebs, and there there was a a, a national um, NBA journalist who, in recommending our podcast, which we greatly appreciate, uh, <laughs> said that he, he said that once you get past all the stupid stuff about the Alamo, there's some there, there's some good analysis in this podcast. And my response to that is. Like that's the completely wrong recommendation for this podcast. Like, like you tune in for the stupid stuff, I think. And I don't know what analysis he heard that was insightful. Maybe it was from Tom. I was going to say it's probably something. But, said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, we we appreciate the shout out. But I, I I think you're giving people the wrong impression when you say skip the stupid stuff because then you're just going to be skipping right to the end. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, if you skip the stupid stuff, you go straight from uh, uh, under. Uh, undisclosed locations to keep it real like nothing in between exactly tom what do you you are the house uh glass half full man here usually um do you think that the the spurs recent slide is a sign of trouble to come or is just a blip on the radar screen which i don't think the elmo had a radar but go ahead They could, they could have used that, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of. Uh, Why did they think uh, of that? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, the Alamo analogy, uh, it, it kind of fits with the schedule that they're going through right now. Um, really? You know, the, the, the Alamo got bombarded by uh, Santa Ana's troops, artillery for, for 12 days. Uh-huh. And then on that 13th day, uh, they, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. And, and the guys slept in that morning uh-huh. and, uh, they were caught totally by surprise. So okay, that's now, kind of my, <laughs> I, I want to see where you're going with this. Who slept well, in today? 
Well, you know, who knows what these guys are doing with this schedule? I mean, it's just, it's brutal. I've said that all along and Jeff, Jeff and I have talked about it. It's just, it's nuts. It's nuts. I mean, you know, no rest, um, you know, a game, a, a day off between games, um, you know, no practice. It's, it's just catching up with them. I'm not saying that that's the sole reason they're in this slump, but it certainly is a, a pretty significant contributing factor. And, you know, then the perplexing, uh, you know, no, no home. And it's not so much perplexing why they struggle at home. They're 11 and 14. They're one and four to start this nine game homestand. And Pop uh, said this week, I think it well last week, that he was he was thinking that hopefully the fans would give them a little bit of a boost. Things would kind of get back to normal, but it hasn't. So it's just it's just this crazy season. And um, I think also without Lonnie Walker, I know that's not a significant factor either. But Don't it is a contributing factor. Sure. Yeah, well, it's, it contributes on both ends of the court. They they could use his offense, they could use his defense, and uh, so yeah, it's just it's not looking good for the local cagers, even for this optimist. Fans, fans don't want to hear the excuse. Fans don't want to hear excuses, but the schedule is a real. The, yeah. the schedule is a real thing. That that is piling up. It's already piling up, and it's only going to get worse. And you know, everyone on this podcast, if I'm not mistaken, we've combined to play zero minutes this season uh zero minutes of the schedule we haven't played a lick and even even i wake up every day like there's another game today i can't believe i have to do this you know i have to stay up late and write another story again today like it, it just never ends it never ends and i think the fatigue is physical but it's also mental for these guys too you have to lock in every you know i have to lock in on a game plan again today i have to cover up the three-point line again today. I have to remember this. I have to remember that. It's just brutal. And yes, it's their job. Yes, it's what they get paid to do. But there ain't there ain't a lot of teams in the NBA right now that are having to do it with the frequency that the Spurs are having to do it. And so you combine that with guys being in and out um, with physical toll and uh, sometimes playing teams that are better than you. Um, it, it's It's not been pretty, and I don't think that it's going to get pretty anytime soon like it's it's schedule's a real thing and it might just crush them and we've been talking all this time about thinking oh they're gonna get in the top 10 for sure i'm not so sure about that anymore like i i I don't see that run in them where they where they really solidify things and i see that from a lot of teams behind them uh that'll give a lot of teams behind them a chance to catch them what impact it's having on keldon johnson in particular uh, with his style of play, you know, he's been slumping lately, whether it's caught up with him just playing these so many games. And, and again, with his style of play, whether it's it's contributed to slow him down. Again, we're only I think that's a good point. We're only uh, 44 games into a 72 game schedule. There's a lot of games left. I Might know. The standings watch. But but to um, to Jeff's point, when you're looking at that 10th spot. The uh, the Spurs have a the, the lead is down to two and a half games over the Sacramento Kings, who are in eleventh. Spurs in eighth. The um, slice of bright news there, though, is that multiple teams have to pass the Spurs. So you you would need the Grizzlies, the Warriors, either the Kings or the Pelicans, all to pass them up. 
that's certainly a possibility for the Spurs to drop to 11. Thomas, um, as a student of, of, of the city where you, where you have lived your entire life and, and its history, you know very well that the Greg Popovich of his era, William Barrett Travis, who drew the line of the in the sand, when things were going badly, he, he dispatched a fellow named uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Bonham out to get help. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who, yes. What 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 is the Spurs equivalent is that of that? Is, is help coming? Can can you can you send a James Bonham out? And if he brings back a Gorgie Jane, is that going to be enough? I think it'll help. Yeah. I'm. Um, you know, Drew Eubanks uh, certainly has shown shown signs here and there with his athleticism. Really, you know, a nice play here and there, um, but. I don't think they want him playing the number of minutes that he has been. And, and um, Gorgie will be a significant up, upgrade to that big man core. Um, you know, he comes in with a great attitude and, and uh, you know, the Spurs are well, well aware of what he can do on the court since he's, he's hurt them so many times. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I, the, the, the Alamo got a boost when those guys came in. Yeah. Uh, from Gonzalez and uh, but they still lost. You know, ultimately, yeah. <laughs> ultimately, the boost was short lived. But uh-huh. um, you know, it was it was a good acquisition. Uh, it's an upgrade, or uh, an upgrade over what Lamarcus would have given them. Um, you know, see, you know, see, this is this is where I was headed because I had the yeah. I had the sort of the misfortune of talking to the the polarizing man at the Polar Pop off the air a few days mm-hmm. ago. And he had mentioned to me that a controversial part of this week's podcast could be a discussion about whether or not Gorgie Jane is an upgrade over LaMarcus Aldridge. I think my exact words were, here's something stupid you could say on the podcast. (laughs) I'm just going to open that up to the group. Um, Is it that inconceivable that Gorgie Jane, who... Plays defense, blocks shots, can run the floor with a with a up tempo group, can make three pointers at a forty percent clip, can shoot free throws at an eighty percent clip. Is is it is it un- inconceivable that he is an upgrade for this team over three time Spurs All Star Lamarcus Aldridge? And, and might I, might I add real quickly, just totally comfortable with that role. Exactly. With the role yes. He has. Yeah. Yeah, he's a better fit because of all those things. Gorgie is. Um, that's not to say anything negative about Lamarcus, but it, I think we've all decided, and the Spurs decided, yeah. and Lamarcus decided that him coming off the bench in San Antonio, fighting for the eight spot, just wasn't where he wanted to be at this point in his career. Um, so uh, you know that wasn't going to work out. So I, I think all the reasons you, all the things you mentioned about Gorgie. Um, those are things that he can do that that the Spurs don't really have, uh, especially coming off their bench. Um, having another rim protector for those 16 minutes when Jakob Pertl is off the floor would would will be tremendous for them. Um, by the way, Gorgie Jang uh, is shooting 47% from three this year in Memphis, a career high. That would make him the most accurate three-point shooter on your San Antonio Spurs were he to shoot at that clip. Uh, and they are continually getting bombed from the three-point line, so you have to think that would help as well 
I mean, the big the big uh, question mark with him is just going to be getting him on the floor because he hasn't played in an NBA game since February 28th. And, you, 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 you know, you're seeing it with LaMarcus in Brooklyn. They don't want to play him right away either, and he's been on the floor um, sooner than that. You, you, NBA teams just don't want to throw guys out there that haven't played. So, um, so it might, Jeffrey, be, a you're saying it might that, be a while before, that, before uh, you know, their version of the Gonzalez Volunteers comes riding through the gates. I think it would have been something if Gorgie Jing, if, you know, Jimmy Bottom had gone out uh, riding around Texas for, for reinforcements and come back with Gorgie Jing. That would have been kind of kind of funny. They, they might have won. They, they might have successfully defended the Alamo at that point. Um, but. Well, if, if I understood your analysis correctly over what you've just been saying, um, you're saying that the Spurs' opponents – have had an advantage in their little skirmishes because they are they have more long range capability than the Spurs do. In, in in other words, they're able to bomb away from from a larger distance and do more damage from from afar. More artillery, artillery, artillery. Yes, I I, I just think that sounds kind of familiar. And, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I think I think I think we're going off the rails again. Just, uh, uh, just, just. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! People are going to worry that that we're 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 talking I'm about t- silly I'm stuff just, instead to, of uh, in depth analysis. I, I feel seen now that I have to perform for a national NBA writer. That I don't know if it's on the rails as much. I like to better. It's I'd like to better when Who's nobody was paying for- attention. But also, like the national, national NBA, NBA writer, national NBA, not praising your personality. The, the the person we're talking about, national NBA writer. There's about. Uh, three things wrong with that description. So, well, the the thing is, he's not even praising your personality or your wit. It's it's your basketball analysis. Who would do that? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so the Gorgie Jing edition. I think another interesting thing about that is the Spurs, who were criticized by some of their own fans at the deadline for not doing more and have been said over the years to not be able to attract free agents. Like people, people not, might not realize this, but Gorgie Jing had offers like other, like contenders wanted him. Um, and he chose the Spurs in this situation. Part of it, um, he, he talked to the local media yesterday and Tom and Jeff, both of y'all can jump in on this, but he's known, He's known R.C. Buford before he could speak English. Uh, he, he was one of those basketball without borders guys. Before R.C. could speak English? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. That's RC a long time. Could, at, the t- at the time, was, at the time R.C. was a French speaker only. Um, and, and Gorgie also did not speak English. But anyway, this was a basketball without borders um, relationship that has, has been in the works for some time. And... Um, you know, he, he wanted to play for the Spurs and he could have played for a team that probably has a better chance to win a championship, but he is, he is here. So. Yeah. It's an interesting story. Just as his career, his basketball life kind of coming full circle. Um, and that, you know, it's probably fair to say without that basketball border without borders event. And I think it was Oh nine Gorgie Jing would not be, uh, in the NBA or in the United States. Um, so that's the, that's sort of the event. For, and it is for a lot of these guys that come from Africa um, that that sort of sparks uh, their journey across the across the ocean to the United States to the NBA 
Um, you know, he went from there to a prep, prep academy in Nevada, um, uh, not Nevada, uh, West Virginia, Huntington, which is, is kind of <laughs> very close. Yeah. Very close. <laughs> I was told there'd be no geography today. Um, and then, you know, went, went to Louisville, <laughs> won an NCAA title there, um, spent six and a half years with Minnesota. They loved him there, but, but then traded him at the trade deadline to Memphis last year. He didn't really stick in Memphis at all. Didn't play many games. They loved him as a person. Um, I talked to Tyus Jones, um, Trey's brother, who now plays in Memphis and played with Gorgie in Minnesota. Basically, Tyus has never never spent a season of the NBA without Gorgie Jing by his, by his side. Um, loves the guy. Thinks, oh, no. thinks he's great. Thinks he'll help the Spurs. Um, but Memphis Memphis didn't, uh, I guess, didn't have use for him in the middle of their little re- rebuilding project, youth, youth-oriented rebuilding project. And so he got a buyout and ended up with your San Antonio Spurs um, playing playing for the team of R.C. Buford, who he met as a teenager in 2009. Full circle, as I said. That's the that's the Cliff's Notes version of the Gorgie Jing story. And and he was he, – he compared it to his college recruiting uh, with all these teams hotly pursuing him. So I wonder if the Spurs ended up uh, giving him the best car. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Well, what's funny about that is um, he was reported, I believe, Mark Stein of the New York Times was the first one with the scoop uh, to be mm-hmm. to be to have an agreement to sign with the Spurs before the Grizzlies actually bought him out. So if he t- if he's talking about college recruiting and all these teams who are <laughs> talking to him, like that seems like I, I I know it's outrageous to suggest this, but it seems like a lot of teams in the NBA might not have been following the rules about talking to players to a T. I don't know. Outrageous. I don't know. That might be an outrageous accusation. Gosh, I don't know. It just oh, makes you wonder. This is going to make headlines all over the blogosphere. Speaking of the blogosphere. Columnist says Spurs cheat. <laughs> I didn't say that at all. <laughs> the The blogosphere, this seems like a long time ago. The, the actual trade deadline, which was last Thursday. That they actually use the word blogosphere. It's been a long time since that's been a word used, yes. That's that's true, too. But the, the trade deadline was, was last Thursday. It seems like ages ago. And I think it's understandable. I don't want to be dismissive of uh, the viewers of this podcast. And I realize they're not viewers, they're listeners. Um, <laughs> but they th- there was an understandable feeling of disappointment, of of maybe a missed opportunity, of um, just kind of unrest about how you had big expectations, and and probably that was the culprit. Is is the the expectations were too big, but but there's this thought of the Spurs never make these midseason trades. They had Lamarcus Aldridge, who had made three All Star teams for the Spurs on the trading block. You think you're going to get something for this guy? You think maybe you go out and and trade for somebody else's guy and nothing happens. And I, 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 I guess it's what, what, what we can do here is explain why or why not that was a failure. And, and, and my point here, and I know it's okay to disagree. And I know some fans saw it that way but i i just don't see that that was a that 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 holding pat 
and sticking to a plan was necessarily a failure. Like LaMarcus Aldridge was not traded. You did not get anything for him, but the Cavaliers did not get anything for Andre Drummond. The, the Detroit Pistons were even worse shape with Blake Griffin because not only did they not, not get anything for him, they're paying him for an extra year. Um, it's hard to trade guys like that. And if you want to talk about missed opportunities and you want to argue that two years ago the Spurs should have got something for LaMarcus Aldridge when they could, that's fine. It's, if that second-guessing, that's, that's cool. I have no problem with that. But I think what ended up happening at the deadline for the Spurs – was fine. It was about what you expected. And I, and I think for this year, you probably got an upgrade in fit in Gorgie Jing over LaMarcus Aldridge. And in the long term, you still have $50 million in cap space this summer. You have all your young guys that you've drafted well over the past few years. And uh, I, I, I don't know, I, I, on all your draft picks, basically. I, I still think that, and I'm, I'm rambling on, but this, this, this team built, builds from within. And that that's the that's the plan. It was a good uh, opportunity for Spurs fans to embrace Ray Wiley Hubbard's line about grati- keeping gratitude higher than his expectation. My expectation. That's exactly right. There you go. Another great, another great Texan. Spurs could have really Spurs fans could have really good days really? if they practice that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I, th- I think that's uh, I think that's a lot. I was just saying I'm gonna have to take a course in texas history so i can contribute more to this podcast i'm falling behind here with all these references well ray wiley i'm having to sit back and listen and get on wikipedia ray wiley wasn't at the alamo i don't think he was at san jacinto yeah (laughs) he's the guy that founded the snake farm yes exactly go ahead jeff on on everything that i just said tell me why i was wrong or right well i think i what i was going to say was i i get the the main reason i think some segment of the fan base is frustrated and I get it is that you just want them to do something like look busy, look, uh-huh. look like you're making a move, even if it doesn't make And I, you know, I get that inclination, but I don't know that's a way to, to do business. I think a good, a better, a better approach is to, is like a, like a doctor first do no harm. And you can do a lot of harm just making moves to make moves. So while, right, right. while your point is valid that it would have, yeah, sure. In retrospect, trade Lamarcus two years ago, get something for him is probably a better move than buying him out. At at the point you got to with him, I, I don't. It was mechanically difficult to make that trade, and there wasn't outside of Lamarcus, there wasn't a whole lot else to do. I think I guess there were some people that thought they were just going to flip everybody over thirty for draft picks and 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 roster filler and and rebuild that way. And I just that's not that's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I think what you've got, what you've got, is sticking to the plan. You've got the young guys. You've got. You might have the most cap. I mean, there's a, there's a chance you might have the most cap space in the league this summer, which doesn't necessarily mean you spend it. It doesn't mean you sign Kawhi Leonard or whoever's going to be out there on the market. But having having a big uh, batch of cap space eventually can become very useful, even if it's not very, during free agency. It's the way you're able to trade for one of these you know, disgruntled superstars in season without having to give up a bunch of your young players that you're trying to build around. So I, I think, I, I think they're in a good spot. I really do. I, it, they're going to, they're not going to be a, they're going to be a fringe playoff team for a while. 
but I think they're in a good spot and they need to, they just need to wait for their opportunity. There's going to be an opportunity at some point. It might be this summer. It might be next season. It might be a couple seasons down the line, but there's going to be a, a an opportunity to make a move, a, a big move, and they need to have the, their powder dry in order to make that move. And jumping on the first thing that they can, the, the first thing at the first trade deadline that they come to um, probably isn't it. Yeah. And, and to your point about flipping every guy over 30, I feel, I feel totally comfortable in saying that if anyone had offered a second round pick for Trey Lyles, and this is nothing against Trey Lyles, but he, he would be gone right now. If they, would, if they could have got something for a guy who's not in their rotation, that would have happened. For people to say, oh, they didn't, even, they didn't even trade Trey Lyles? They didn't even trade, you know, name your guy who's not playing right now? Of course they would have. It's just teams don't give away draft picks willy-nilly. And on the, on the cap space thing, it's exactly what Jeff was just talking about. It's not because you have $50 million this summer, you have to take the best player who will take $50 million from you this summer. You keep that for as long as, as, as you can basically. And, and, and maybe there comes a point um, thinking about Toronto a couple of years ago when they traded for Kawhi Leonard, when the Spurs had to get rid of Kawhi Leonard, Toronto was able to pounce on that because of the situation they were in. And maybe that happens for the Spurs at some point, you never know what might develop. And, and in terms of doing no harm, uh, and, and, and teams do, making moves to make moves. I mean, there's, there's plenty of examples of that around the league about teams that have been very active in the past few years that kind of don't have a lot to show for it. And I'm not bashing the Houston Rockets or Daryl Morey or any of their decision makers for, for what they've done over the past few years, but they've, they've made a lot of bold moves and now things aren't looking so great for the, for the Rockets um, af- after all that. So yeah, I, I think I think that it's again it's understandable for people to uh, kind of get impatient, but the the original Spurs dynasty, the Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, David Robinson group, all those guys were guys the Spurs drafted and kept around, and maybe none of the group right now looks like the next Tim Duncan or Manu Ginobili yet. But when you're in a market like the Spurs are, and Kirk Goldsberry, the former Spurs executive, the writer for ESPN, pointed this out in a piece recently, about all the all the stars are congregating to the coast to, to a few markets, really more than they ever have before. Every, when, when the big names decide to go someplace, they're going to New York and L.A. and San Francisco. Um, so if you're not going to compete with that, you kind of have to build from within. And, and I think that's what the Spurs plan is right now. I, I know you like to end these things on an optimistic note. So you're going to have to give me a chance to bring the room down for a second, which is which I want to do on occasion. But if you really want to bum that's yourself out as a Spurs fan, go look at the list of uh, small market championship winners over the last, I don't know, ever that don't include Tim Duncan. Like it's so hard for a small market team to build itself into a championship team. It's so hard. It's uh, the, you know, the, the easiest way to rebuild, which has been proven time and again over the past 15 years, the easiest way for a team that is terrible to quickly become a title contender is to sign LeBron James. Um, the Spurs aren't going to do that, and they're not going to be able to sign the next version of LeBron James, and they're not going to be able to sign the version of LeBron James after that. They're going to have to build from the draft. 
and uh, and possibly trade for their next star. And it takes time and it takes patience. And I think if you can get a playoff caliber team, playoff contending team, a team that's fun to watch in the interim, I think that's that's kind of a, a fun thing to do. But um, Jeff, you, you had a line about Rome this week. Oh yeah, a Rome being built. How did that go? Yeah, just imagining Spurs fans, Spurs fans uh, standing around Rome like uh, at the end of the first day, going, <laughs> "Why isn't this built yet?" <laughs> Where, yeah. Mike, where can where can readers or view the viewers? They're not viewers, oh. listeners. Read read stuff they're, like that that Mike uh, that Jeff puts out on a routine basis. I'm glad you brought that up, Ringo, because uh, come to think of it, there are great deals right now to subscribe <laughs> to to be, to, be, to become full digital members at expressnews.com and at expressnews.com you can subscribe to something called the Spurs Nation newsletter which every day will uh, magically appear in your inbox on your desktop computer on your cellular telephone on your uh, uh, tablet device um, they'll just bring stories about the Spurs written by Jeffrey McDonald and Thomas Orsborn and, and you can read them for a very reasonable uh, price, it's it's, a, it's an amazing deal. And if let, you, let me ask you. Go ahead. I want to ask you something about this. I guess I ruined your pitch. Sorry. No. Can I get this? Can I get this this magical stuff on on my fax machine? Um, call a customer service representative if that's what you want. Can I get it on my rotary phone? We can arrange it. We can arrange it. We'll. I mean. <laughs> How about this? If somebody wants it on the rotary phone and they want to offer you a nominal fee, you can call them. Jeff will call you on your rotary phone. Yeah, you can set that price. Do you, that that can be a side deal. You, now that we're down this path, do you want to figure out if I know something this week? Do you, you got anything for me to know? We 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 need we need suggestions for does Jeff know? Okay. I've, I've kind of sort of dropped the ball on that recently. That's a good, many, feature. Uh, That's a good feature. How many states are between? Um, I, I don't know a lot of things. West Virginia and Nevada. Oh, the difference between West Virginia and Nevada. He doesn't know that. What What are the differences between West Virginia and Nevada? Oh, that's good. Does Jeff know the differences between West Virginia? Yes, and Nevada? one has casinos and the other has meth. <laughs> <laughs> that Jeff Jeff does know. <laughs> ding 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 um, ding 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 ding. The, the we other, need a graphic there. The other housekeeping events we need to take care of. Uh, please. Rate us after what you just heard. I don't know if I want you to rate us, but sure. We, we, go rate this podcast. Leave reviews. We're on number 101. And by the way, when we're counting things, I don't want to get off on this here at the end, but this is the 101st podcast and we count all of them. We don't throw out the ones from like the postseason. And, uh, you know, that that's, that's just my thing on the Greg Popovich who's still – according to the record books, is trailing Lenny Wilkins, which is just absurd. Count all the games. Count the playoff games. Greg Popovich already leads all NBA coaches all time in NBA victories. Um, we can get into more of that next week. But um, on Jeff did try to bring us down before our big finish here, and he is right about how hard it is to win in small markets. But I just want to point out as the – as the glass half full guy, in in response to that, there have teams teams of small market have 
teams in small markets have had chances. The the Oklahoma City Thunder played in the finals against the Heat, had a chance to win it. Um, two of the two of the top contenders this year are the Utah Jazz and the Milwaukee Bucks, teams from smaller markets. What all those teams have had in common is they have they have had a plan of of developing and and drafting their own players and building from within. And maybe the Spurs are a long way from that again, but it can be done. They have their chances. That's what the Spurs want. I think that's a good philosophy for our viewers and listeners to take in their own lives. Develop from within. Have faith in your own plan. And while you're at it, take care of each other. And as always, always keep it real. Start calling you Stuart Smalley. <laughs> <laughs>